BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Honored. Oh, so happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you, my love. Well, I had a meltdown also, which is also why I was rushing you on here because I do so much hot eight yoga. I do so oh, right. much you said hot that. You yoga. Commented. And then you were like, three things I would stop doing. And I was trying to conceive and hot yoga. And I was like, no. Well, and only because like, so I actually was just on another interview and we were talking about like movement and exercise and like how you can't, it's hard to make generalizations because everybody's so different. Everybody's body's so different. So like of some course. women can totally handle five days of hot yoga, but others, like if they come to me and they're like, my period's really light and I have no cervical mucus, I do oh. hot yoga five times a week. I'm like, you're freaking dehydrated and you need to stop sweating so much. Right. So, but then there's other women that maybe their body can handle it. I do think five days a week is a lot. Like I would probably not push it more to three, especially mm-hmm. if you're trying actively. That'd be my recommendation. Well, I think this is a good example of how we're going to absorb, hopefully absorb the information from this podcast, which is, this is all stuff that, you know, is not for each individual person. These are general things I am not a doctor, obviously. And so, you know, there are obviously lots of people who get pregnant, drinking a lot, working out a lot in high 100%. stress environments. That happens all the time. So this is for our girlies who maybe need a little bit of extra support. Also, I think it's good for you to also explain to people how stress is really, you know, one of the biggest things you try to tell everyone to remove as much as possible. So stressing over these things is counterintuitive. Yeah. And I also think like, and I would like put that, that, that kind of hot yoga in that category too. If that's stressing your body, like I have patients that'll come to me and they're like, yeah, after I do my hot yoga class, though, I feel exhausted. I don't feel invigorated. Okay. That might not be working for you too. Right. So yeah. to I think like, and I think that's it of like, 
yeah, stress for certain, we, we know it, but anything that really dysregulates the nervous system, like that's Mm -hmm. almost like how I would kind of take it and feels like it's depleting us rather than nourishing us. And so that requires, I think, a bit of awareness as well. I'd like to start baseline here because this is a question that I get asked a lot because I because I've had you on, and so I think people think that I know all these things, and I don't, obviously. So, <laughs> well, you learn a lot from your audience, I think. Right? I learn a lot, but here's something that, like, I feel lost yeah. about too: is like, okay, I want to try for a baby. Number one, before even trying, is there anything anyone should do? Are there tests that people should get done? What's like baseline? So I think we should start like, I've never done this before and it's time to try. And then I'd like to move to like tier two of like, I've been trying and I'm Mm -hmm. not really, you know, it's been six months. Maybe where do we go from there? Right. So I think I was looking for this thinking post, which is just so funny. Like, Anyway, because when um, I went to the doctor the first time I made an appointment, I brought my husband. I went to my OB. I said, we want to start trying. He said, OK, why are you here? And I said, aren't there like tests you can run? Do I need an ultrasound? And he was like, no, just come back if you're not pregnant in six months. Yeah. And I think that's like. Which was so upsetting. It's very upsetting. And it's like then we're working backwards. We're almost like what but we could be. So I think right off the bat. Okay, I'm thinking about having a baby in the next year is my goal. Uh, I want a complete thyroid panel. So that's your Mm. TSH, your T3, free T3, free T4 thyroid antibodies. We want to know the status of those things. Mm -hmm. I want vitamin D. I do actually have a handout that that would be really helpful. I'll get it to you. You could put it in the show notes of like, there's like a PDF like with an opt-in. I just can't remember the pretty link right now, but so vitamin D, and it should be really in like a healthy range between a 50 and a 70. Yeah. By the um, way, how do we make sure that our OB is willing to do this and then is going to read? They're not always. Yeah. They'll push back. They'll say, oh, your insurance might not cover this. And so I think like that's I, half my job, I feel like, where I'm just like, no, you're just you're in the driver's seat. This is your body. This is yep. your time. These are your you could also do like the the at home kits like Everly Well has some they have a good thyroid one. They have a good vitamin D one. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, too, like I like to get my vitamin D checked regularly. And so the the Quest guy will always remind me, you know, your, your insurance is going to charge you a hundred and something dollars for this. And I'm like. I don't know. To me, it's that important that I don't mind spending that money, mm-hmm. but everybody's different. But I would just push and just say, and and I think too, I have enough physicians in my in my practice that are patients that have kind of learned the the tricks of the trade from them, where they say, just say there's a history of thyroid conditions in your family. No one's looking at your family history. Just say, like, yep. so if I have a girl that's had multiple miscarriages and I want a clotting factor panel, it's called doctors will push back on it. But if you say there's a history of stroke and other miscarriages in my family or aneurysms, they'll Got get it. you to a hematologist in the blink of a freaking eye. That makes sense. If you say, do you want an ultrasound? You go to the doctor and you say whether or not you are having this. I don't think I'm going to get in trouble for saying these things, but you <laughs> you complain of ovarian pain during ovulation. You don't have to say the extent of it. You just say, I real my ovaries feel like really heavy and big during ovulation. Like it's kind of painful. I would like a transvaginal ultrasound. By law, they actually have to do it. If you say pain, they have to do it. Okay. So there. <laughs> um, 
But so I think, but a CBC, like a general, like, you know, complete blood count that they run when you get a physical gives us a lot of information. So typically they're checking at least one of your thyroid numbers, but that's where you have to push back. You have to say, no, I want a complete thyroid panel. And TSH really should be between a one and a 2.5 when trying to conceive. A lot of gynecologists even don't flag it until it's over a four, which is way too high for fertility. And any fertility doctor would tell you that. Okay. So that's where it gets a little tough because what if your TSH is a 3.5? You've been trying for six months. Your gynecologist doesn't think it's a big deal. How are you going to get someone to prescribe medication to you? So now you got to push. Now you got to ask for an endocrinologist or you got to go see a fertility doctor. Not maybe sign up for IVF. I'm not saying that, but just do the whole workup and ask them. Be like, my thyroid. Yeah, I wish there was like you- a middle. I wish it was like uh, OB seems to do one thing, but then. It seems like seeing a fertility doctor, especially in LA, it's busy, it's expensive, it become it ends up becoming an IVF situation because you know, a lot of these are businesses. And so I've had uncomfortable experiences with IVF doctors telling me I would never be able to carry a child on my own. Um, no. which is also and you talk about this all the time, like there is no never in anything. So what's, what is that? So you would just, just, we just really need to advocate to our OB. Advocate to your OB or like, I always say to my patients, I'm like, who's the doctor like in your circle, like your primary or your OB or your, your endocrinologist that you saw once five years ago or whatever, like (laughs) who, who do you feel the safest with? Call them and, and have like a frank discussion of like, Mm -hmm. and then the other avenue is like functional medicine docs can typically run labs and are, as long as they're an MD, then they can prescribe, but that's an out-of-pocket expense of like probably a grand at least, you know, because that's how they run. I do find, and not to like plug unnecessarily different companies, but I do find that kind body is really supportive to a lot of my patients and they seem to be kind of everywhere now. They're a bit Someone just right? told me they just made an appointment at Kind Body. Yeah. And so not again, like, and I know we're jumping around, but, and I'll, I'll summarize, but like, even if you've been trying, you know, like three, six, nine months, it never hurts to go get, you know, I always say, look at it as like data collection. You can go to a fertility clinic, you have the conversation, you collect the data, but I think what you, what's the best for you so you avoid kind of those uncomfortable conversations or the situations like even you were in is you just walk in kind of knowing what you're willing to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready for IVF. I still want to continue to try, but I want further inspection. I'm noticing that, you know, my gynecologist only did X, Y, and Z tests. I would like more testing done, you know, and then they'll want to do like, you know, the HSG to check that your tubes are open. Maybe that an RE, the first thing they're going to do is look at your ovaries and your uterus, which is shocking to me that a gynecologist that wouldn't be their first line of defense in somebody who's been trying for say six months. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's all runs into an insurance thing where they just don't have means. So if you say there's a pain situation, a gynecologist will look into it for you. But so I always like to push for those baseline tests at minimum, the complete thyroid panel, the vitamin D. I also like to see the CBC and if iron's low or ferritin's low or hemoglobin or hematocrit are low, those also can be reasons that there's fertility challenges just because blood is just so important. I mean, Chinese medicine, blood is is kind of like the main contributor to egg quality and folliculogenesis and like healthy mm. menstrual cycles and all of that. Um, but in a, in a West, from a Western perspective, when we're low on those red blood panels, it's, it's that same thing of like the body is being taxed. It's not 
feeling vital enough to then go on and create another life. And so it doesn't have enough resources. So kind of what I was saying with the hot yoga, like, are you giving it all away or are you keeping some for yourself? And so then you want to work to to boost your iron, you know, and, and it's not just taking iron supplements. I think a lot of it, we should go through foods. But so those are probably where I would start. I would also know whether or not you have the MTHFR mutation and just make sure you're on the right prenatal that has enough methylfolate and not mm-hmm. folic acid if you have MTHFR, which 50 to 80% of the population have it. So chances are you do, or at least one copy. And yeah, and then if you have been trying for a while, which I can actually, I have two different PDFs that we can kind of include Great. in the show notes if you want, then there's like further testing you know, or if you've had multiple miscarriages, that's really like a kind of a different category than the women who aren't getting pregnant. And, but if you've been trying for a while and either have had miscarriages or, you know, you have what I would say, like a lot of health issues as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have an autoimmune condition, maybe you suffer with gastrointestinal issues or headaches or joint pain or skin issues like eczema, psoriasis, that kind of stuff. And there's signs of inflammation then there's a lot of inflammatory markers that we can look at too, mm. that just give us an idea of the level of inflammation in the body. And again, I would like generalize and say, when those markers are out of balance or high, that's another way the body's saying, like, I don't have the resources right now. Like I have to put up this fire, can't prioritize making a baby. A baby. Yeah. Cause I think if you, I think about it with stress too, like as a simple way of like, does my body think that it's safe enough to create life? Hundred percent. And listen, women in unsafe environments get Do. pregnant. Yes, <laughs> we know that, and it's annoying, and it's it's devastating and traumatic, oftentimes for them. But so it's again not to say that you have to avoid stress. That's impossible. Stresses, but it's almost like how much of it are you keeping in your body and holding on to yeah. versus, like again, the self awareness of like. Can I can I put that over here and say I'll pick that up later? Or is mm-hmm. it mine to carry? A lot of us carry burdens of all the other people in our lives, you know? Mm-hmm. Or just you can still have a really stressful life, but still carve out 10 to 20 minutes, one to two times a day to, you know, to meditate, but to do something for you that like gets you away from devices, out mm-hmm. in nature, maybe fresh air, morning sunlight, evening sunlight, whatever it is, like. That is is for you to nourish yourself. And that really helps reset the nervous system because stress will definitely take a toll. And we also know stress ages us prematurely. And in the space of fertility, every woman's concerned about her age, whether she's 33 or, or 43. Yeah, because they just really make you feel so old. <laughs> drill it into your head. Yeah. They yeah. I, I mean, it's, I think I, I, you know, I'm 36 and now it's time for our second. And I had to really like have a conversation with myself to let that go. My mom had me at 37. That was obviously almost now 37 years ago. All my friends are getting pregnant in their 40s. And that's something that I I really enjoy following you, even if I'm not trying, because you just make it feel like everyone's going to be okay. (laughs) Like you're not old and you will get to a point where you will figure it out. You just it's it's so positive where I feel like this this process can be very negative unfortunately. Yeah. It's a lot of fear mongering. And it's also like, you know, without going too down into it, but it's like a lot of it's unfounded. It's unfortunate. We just don't have a lot of data on the women, especially women in their forties. The data we do have are those that are struggling and get to the clinics. And so they're giving you statistics kind of based on that, which, 
you can't give to a general population because there's a lot of women that get naturally pregnant in their 40s and, mm-hmm. and, you know, do perfectly fine. Like I think about me, I had my son, I got pregnant at 40. I have no idea what my FSH was. You know what I mean? I had no idea. I totally. remember asking my doctor if we could test it. And, and she knew what I did for a living. And like, they had my books in the office and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. she was like, no, Amy, uh-uh, we're not testing your FSH <laughs> because if it's high, she's like, it's like a rabbit hole. Like, why? You're not doing that. Just oh, have that sex. Sense. Yeah. You know, and so all we did was check my thyroid and my vitamin D too. Just so you know, I was working with a good, a good OBGYN practice in New York city. They had no problem checking those things for me. And they were like, we agree. We just want to make sure that's all like everything's in check. Let's do a scan of your uterus and your ovaries. So there are docs out there that will totally support you in looking before you try. And not every doc out there is, you know, I think it's a lot of shame and fear mongering, you know, approaches it from that perspective. But I think also like one thing I arm my clients with all the time is like you walk into that office and you address the elephant in the room right away. You say, I know I'm about to be 37. (laughs) I understand what my odds are. I want this baby. So do we have a, we have a, we have a deal. We're going to work together. (laughs) And almost like, are you going to be my doctor versus like, will you help me from that desperate place? You know, it's like, no, there's a lot of doctors out there. And like the world is so big now with, you know, the internet and and everything. It's like, you can get a consult with a doc in New York and live in freaking Minnesota. I mean, I see it all the time. Yeah. I know my doctor, I, I haven't seen him in person in a long time, but we're on text. <laughs> but like, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, I think also parsley health also not to play anything, but I think parsley, parsley. health is like a very affordable, functional I medicine. agree. And I love Robin. I mean, I know, she's, she's brilliant. Great. And she's, she's a, she's a good human. She yeah. also herself had a she child. She just had 40s. a baby. Yeah. And she, you know, I remember running into her when she was pregnant, but this last one and she's like, isn't it funny, Amy? Like just the stuff we say work, like just nutrient dense, like sleep. Like we, we had a good laugh about it. She's like, look at this. Like her belly was like out to here. And we just had a good laugh about it. But like, no, I agree. So there are places out there where it's, it's accessible, it's affordable. And, and cause I mean, the thing is if we found a thyroid out of range, we need to then also have a doctor who's going to treat us and support us. But I also think like in that vein, and this is another thing that I've learned from my medical doctor patients Point out all your hypothyroid symptoms. Just do a quick Google search. What do hypothyroid symptoms look like? Most women are hypo, meaning their thyroid's underfunctioning. Their TSH is higher than that 2.5. Kind of exaggerate them. I lose a lot of hair every month. I have menstrual spotting. I feel cold and tired all the time. Like the right doctor is going to hear that and be like, you know what? Let's get you to an endocrinologist. You are right. Or, you know, this could be impacting your fertility. And so it is really like unfortunate that we all pay so much for health insurance, but we have to really be our own advocates and push, push, push. At what point do you think an endocrinologist is a necessary appointment to make? You mean a reproductive endocrinologist, like a fertility doctor? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess, again, it kind of depends. I'd say definitely after six months, if you're in your forties, I think you could wait a year if you're under 40. But then like asterisk that with like, but if you had like multiple chemical pregnancies or you keep feeling like you're getting pregnant and then you're not, I would probably get there sooner. If you're feeling really anxious and it's starting to take over your life, you know, sometimes making those appointments are the best thing you can do because then you feel like, okay, I have like, what are my plans? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a plan. And so again, like that same thing of like making that appointment does not mean you're saying you're going to do IVF next month. It just means you're willing to go to a doctor who's going to like look at these specific things for you and, and try to help you come up with a plan. And I think for you to have a plan of like, okay, what am I willing to do next? Like IUI, like research it. What does IUI look like? Ask Mm -hmm. your friends. 
one in six women are dealing with fertility challenges, guarantee you, you have at least two friends who have done IVF and maybe haven't told you about it. I also guarantee you, you've had at least two friends who've had miscarriages and haven't talked about it. You know, so it's like the more we speak about it, I think the more we learn too. Everything is the best is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes we're faced with a crossroads in life and we don't know which path to take. Maybe you're thinking about a career change or feeling like your relationship needs some TLC. And whatever it is, therapy can help you map out your future and trust yourself and find the way forward. We don't need to constantly dump on our friends or our family. And we can, and that's why they're there. But I'm sure you're also exhausted of your friends dumping all their stuff on you. And sometimes you just need to reach out and have an objective third-party person that can give you those aha moments that you need. I've been in therapy since a very young age before I even could really understand why I was in a room with a woman drawing my feelings. And it's life-changing. It's life-changing. And it's been harder and harder to do it because traffic, schedule, work, baby, but there's no excuse with BetterHelp because you just go online. It's so convenient. It's designed to be convenient. It's flexible. It's suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Pia to get 10% off your first month. Visit betterhelp.com slash Pia to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Pia. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey girl, hey, welcome to Taste of Taylor, my weekly podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker. You might know me from Sirius XM Radio. I mean, I was there for like 12 years after all. But then Howard Stern allegedly got jealous of me, so I had to leave. I was actually able to pull myself up by the bootstraps and start my own podcast, Taste of Taylor, which is now officially with Dear Media. I'm so excited to say that. Ha! So I promise you in this podcast, you're going to either learn about something, you're going to be inspired by someone that's like always coming from a perspective of like humor, then this is the place for you. I hope you enjoy this little snack. So let's talk about food. You and Robin said to each other, nutrient dense diet. (laughs) I'd love to do food and then kind of go into supplements because even the other day when I was like, oh, it's time to try again. And I take a conception pack from Parallel. And I've been yeah, taking it for a, a long one. time, but I was like, oh, I need, I should like, it's like, Amy always says to take liver pills. So I was like, I should, I should go on Amazon. And buy yeah, I would add in the liver. And I like, I like the fatty 15. I see you on there. Uh, fatty 15 is a very yeah. big deal and you can yeah. take it obviously while you're pregnant and, and oh yeah and I mean but that's like should talk because... about too of like and I will get to supplements but like omegas are so undervalued in the yeah. preconception period of like mm. no we should all be on something really potent like a fatty 15 or you know like thorn yeah. has a great one that I like but something like 2,000 3,000 milligrams of like good juicy omegas in your body it, it changes things so much because so many of us are in that omega-6 category, pro-inflammatory, 
standard American diet, it just shifts the needle. And there's cool research, women getting their omega-3 to 6 ratio under a 10 to 1. So sorry, omega-6 to 3 ratio under a 10 to 1, 40% um, pregnancy outcomes in those women in like a three-month period. Oh, wow. Which, so basically just like moving the needle of, of inflammatory versus non-inflammatory omegas in your body and you'll, you see pregnancy outcomes. Increase. Okay. Like so what are we diet. starting our day yeah. with? I mean, it's a, I'm guessing it's a bone um, broth and some eggs. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, today I had two eggs and a bunch of those like paleo breakfast sausages that I'm obsessed with. But yeah, I think, I think general rules of thumb is most women don't eat enough. And especially as we're getting older, that works against us. And that goes back into that, like, does my body feel safe to do this? Did my body feel like it has enough resources? And so now we all know that like eating more protein actually does lean us down. So I think we can, we can go on that trend if you will, Uh but 80 to hundred grams of protein a day, six to eight servings of vegetables. And I think the protein should be nutrient dense. You don't have to eat meat if you don't want to eat meat, but good quality fish, quality chicken, turkey, bison, uh, eggs, you know, you could also do if you're a vegetarian, soaked beans and nuts and seeds. Some people react to the lectin, some don't. We w- I wouldn't know like on a case by case, but yeah. some people can do dairy. And so then you can get protein from dairy, like a slice of cheese is five grams of protein. You know what yeah. I mean? So, but that's my general rule of thumb. And I'll tell you, I do food diaries, all my clients and all the clients that my coaches see. So I probably see like 20 food diaries a week. And I will absolutely say across the board, most women eat max 60 grams of protein a day and they go three to four to five to six hours between meals. So those are like the two worst things you could do. And so we try, we try to, so I do collagen peptides in my tea first thing in the morning, yep. 10 grams of protein. Then I have like at least 30 grams of protein for breakfast. I try to hit 30 grams by 11 AM. And then that way I'm on track and then two to three servings of vegetables with each meal you know, those, those paleo Valley greens or some uh, AG one, anything like that gives you like three servings in one scoop. Like there's good ways to sneak it in too. By the way, this is really for anyone listening. Like if you type in protein ideas or protein meals or how to get protein into TikTok, like I have gone on the craziest journey. No way. Yeah. And like some girl the other day who I follow was like, this is your guide for women of like what, 10 grams of protein looks like, or what 30 grams of protein looks like. It's like this many ounces of salmon. It's this many ounces of tuna. It's this many ounces of bison. It's this. I like saved. I actually have a protein cheat sheet too. We could share. I have three. three I think there's great little ways to sneak it in. I mean, it's at the forefront of my, what's been funny is since I shifted my mindset to like, okay, energetically, like it's time. I have been eating so much more. Like, it's almost yeah. like my body knows, like I've been craving Brazil nuts. I've been craving more protein. And I was talking about it with a girlfriend because I've, I've gained, you know, I've also, I've been enjoying myself at summer. So I've gained like eight pounds and I was like, man, I gained like eight pounds. And my girlfriend was like, it happens before you get pregnant. She's like, I call it fluffing the yeah. nest. Oh, I love that. Would you say fluffing the nest? Fluffing the nest. I love that. But that's it. And, too. Like, and I like, guess the big thing. The nest. <laughs> with women, you know, I wouldn't put you in the, you know, I know advanced maternal age is over 35, but like 37 to me is like, you're still, you know, way, way young. I have women 10 years older than you that are working with me for, you know, baby number two or three or mm-hmm. one. But a big thing is, is weight. 
And underweight tends to work against us as we get older with trying to conceive. And so I do, I sometimes see where, and not like I see girls though too, with like doing the 80 to hundred grams of protein and the veggies, some just lean right down and like, that's yeah. a great weight for them. Some put on a couple pounds and that's meant to be their weight. I, I try not to, you know, I, I don't think anything's a good measurement for weight or numbers these days. Cause everybody's body is so different, so different. but but sometimes it's gaining a few pounds, two to three pounds makes all the difference because fat cells contain, that's where estrogen is stored in the body. And so you want a little more on you to conceive because estrogen really is a critical hormone in this whole process. How are we doing on like seeds and nuts? Yeah. Is that something that needs yeah. to be, I mean, like I'm, I'm guessing we want a lot of like real whole fat in our diet too, right? Yeah. Like avocados and eggs and coconut oil and olive oil and all that. But I love seeds and nuts. I work a lot with like the autoimmune population. It just tends I'm to be sure. who comes and or the the really complicated fertility cases, which tend to have like, maybe there's endometriosis, maybe they have Hashimoto's, you know, things of that nature. and some autoimmune types do not do well on nuts and seeds and beans or nightshades. And so we wind up doing autoimmune paleo and we pull those, but that's like also to say like gluten, dairy, soy, like not everyone needs to pull all those things. I think you need to figure out what's the best for you. Mm -hmm. If you have a lot of like skin issues or joint issues or bowel issues, and you're eating a ton of nuts and seeds or beans, it might be worth taking a break from them and seeing if those symptoms go away. Mm -hmm alternatively, some people, yeah, just aren't eating enough. And like sesame seeds are like one of the best snacks you can have. So we love seeds from a Chinese medicine perspective. They're very nourishing to the yin, which the yin is the blood and the substance in the body, which really helps make those juicy eggs. And so love seeds as long, I always put an asterisk, as long as you can tolerate them, which that's why I like, I do an elimination diet with most of my patients if they're struggling. So I can really pinpoint what's what for them. And then we kind of know exactly the right diet for them. I should be seeing a Chinese medicine doctor, I'm assuming. I mean, I love, I, you know, just my previous interview was all I about acupuncture, acupuncture for fertility. <laughs> yeah. And um, I just haven't I love found anyone in my town and my yeah. schedule is really busy. So I can't, I know and it, it, it's like a priority. I need to just like put it on Instagram and be like, is there anyone in Pasadena? Because I, I love the person I, I had can... before, but they moved. It's far. So I'm driving, you know, 45 minutes to a, it's, I can't take three hours out of my day once or twice a week. There has yeah. to be somebody over here. But for anybody wanting to try to start yes. getting pregnant, I would assume that you would suggest that if they could afford it, if it's something that you could put into your routine, you would, right? A hundred percent. And even still too, like, like in the affordability category, like, Hey, there's lots of places. Like I know in New York city, we have like within, and we have certain kind of like Cheney style acupuncture places that still yeah. offer really good quality care and at a good price. Um, but also even just doing something once a month, like if you can budget that in, it doesn't have to be a weekly thing. I know some acupuncturists want you weekly, but like if you're doing all the other things too, like the diet and the supplements and the lifestyle and all those things, I feel like it's just really nice to add it in. It's so good for circulation and blood flow. And that's really the key of like, we want ovarian and uterine health like amplified. And the best way to do that is to get good circulation down there. Have you heard of a Mercier therapy? Yeah. And I really, especially like I've had some girls, like some stubborn cases, maybe there's endometriosis, maybe there's some kind of adhesions or scar tissue. And the Mercier is really helpful. It's very intense from what I understand. I've done and it. it's, it's kind of like, right. Like there's a time frame you do it in and then, yeah, you have to do like done. six in a row 
I think I did it after I had the baby to help get like PCOS symptoms and stuff because my hormones were all over the place after I had her because I had undiagnosed PCOS for so long and it was really helpful and I'll do it again probably like when we're really serious about you know right now I'm just like in the putting it out there and then we'll start soon but yeah yeah, it's something that so I did it once and it's it's intense, but in a really good way. I mean, she, yeah. she just like gets in there, massages around your ovaries, and you're very much, you you feel the blood flow instantly, like Amazing. circulate, and so it is a little bit painful. But it's but she, listen, my girl, Doctor Annie at Healthwise in Glendale does it, and she is like every time I go in there for an adjustment, she's like, I have another pregnancy for Mercy Day therapy. Yeah, and she's so excited because she went and trained in it and is, you know, so excited to offer to her clients. And she's like, these are people who have done IVF and failed IVF and have this and have that and are just kind of like at the outer edge of like, you know, you get to that point where you're like, I don't know who the wizard, I call them the wizards. Like we did it with Carmela when we were trying to figure out like why she had hypotonia. It's like, we'll go to the yeah. medical system, but then we got to, we got to bring in our wizards and whatever wizard 100%. works. Right? So she's like, we're I'm going to do gonna, it. I'm going to do it. And she says she's getting lots of pregnancies from Mercy therapy, which is great. Yeah. And I see that too, the mind abdominal massage therapy or Avrigo is similar. It's not, I don't think it's as like deep as the yeah. Mercier, but same thing it's blood flow and circulation and the Western doctors know it too. There's a lot of like specialized fertility doctors out there that really, they do a Doppler on the uterus and the ovaries to check blood flow. Mm. And there's actually a score that if you score less than like, I don't know, it's like 12 out of, out of 21 or something like that. There there's research to show that you, you, you're going to have a hard time getting pregnant. It's like, and it's just blood flow. They're wow. not looking at age. They're not Is looking at AMH. They're not looking at FSH. To help with that. So I love castor oil packs for that. I I love abdominal gua sha. So I have a gua sha tool here, which is just random. I think I, sometimes I do like my own abdominal gua sha, like while I'm in my office, you apply some castor oil to like your lower abdomen. And then you would, uh, you you would take the tool and like, here's your pubic bone and you scrape up. You don't have to go up. You can go down too, Uh but blood flow, blood flow and circulation. So that's the other thing that acupuncture does. Um, you could do acupressure, dry brush, just a hot water bottle, keep the area warm. So in Chinese medicine, the uterus and the ovaries love to be warm. They do not like to be cold and warmth really creates circulation and blood flow as well. So there's a lot you can do at home. My castor oil video on YouTube is hands down my most watched video of all time. It's rando it has like a million views and, and cool. it's, it's amazing. Right? I bought but like, all this stuff to do a castor oil pack. I did it. Oh, I've done, I went through like a stage a couple of months ago where I was doing it a lot. Can you explain the benefits really quickly? Yeah. So there's, there's a couple ways to do it too. I think, I think some overcomplicate it where you like soak the flannel in the castor oil and then you yeah. put it on your belly and then you put the heat lamp on or the heat pad. I just like taking regular old castor oil. I like black castor oil in particular, just cause it's, it's like a Chinese medicine thing, but it's very enriching to the blood. And so just it's a very thick oil and you take that and you're going to massage it into your lower abdomen, kind of like the whole area below your belly button and across over to your ovaries, which are kind of right in front of your hip bones. Here, let me, I'll stand. Not that everybody's going to be seeing a video, right? But, you this up close. but right in here, what you could learn. So over your ovaries, lower abdomen, and then you would just take a hot water bottle and put it on top and sit for like 20 minutes. You can keep it super simple. There are like Queen of Thrones is really popular. She makes these wraps that you can put the castor oil and then you wrap this thing around you and it kind of maintains the heat. You can sleep with it. There's a bunch of options on Amazon too. What was that? There's a bunch of options on Amazon. Well, that's it. I think just a straight up hot water bottle and some castor oil and get it done. 
Yeah. And what and does I it do? A, oh, so it's improved circulation and blood flow. And it actually like, it gets deep into the vessels. So it has a real like vascular effect on the the area, any area that you do it, people will use it for if there's like cysts on the liver or stones in the kidney, mm-hmm. it like can break things up too. So I use it a lot, especially if women have like painful periods or we know they have cysts or fibroids or things of that nature, but it's also super just like nourishing to the tissues and the organs down there. How often so, do you I mean, I must, doing that? I must recommend castor oil packs like 15 time. times. How often they, do you I do it? Say, yeah. So on my blog post, I give like all the details, but you basically do it in your follicular phase. Once you could be pregnant, you do not do it because because it has such a circulatory impact. We don't want it making a miscarriage happen. Right. So you only do it up until you ovulate. And then you wait. Hopefully you get pregnant. If not, you do it again. And And you can do it every day if you want, or five days a week, three days a week, 20 minutes. It doesn't have to be a big to do. And then I've even heard from some Mayan Abrigo massage therapists, even just the act of massaging castor oil into your stomach. So I have some on my, you know, my, I'll put it on my side table in my, in my bathroom. I'll just put it in and I don't have time to do the heat, but it's still going to have an effect and still help with circulation. It can stain the clothing. So obviously you want to be conscious of that. Speaking of the different phases, we should all be cycle thinking, correct? Yeah. I mean, I think it's really important to know where you're at. And obviously if you're trying to conceive, do not rely on those apps that are just like algorithm based. I just think that they miss the window all the time. So like, look at your body. If you see cervical mucus, like if there's a day that you see stretchy cervical mucus, whether or not your app says it, whether or not your OPK says it, have sex, have sex. Cause the cervical mucus is a sign that you're getting ready to release an egg. You want the sperm up there before the egg comes out. The sperm can live for up to five days. The egg only lives for 24 hours. So it's a a timing thing. Very, very critical timing thing. I love the sperm is up there when that egg drops, huh? (laughs) That's right. You want them up there dancing around waiting. I love the at-home devices now, like the Uva or the Mira or the Anita, where you actually get like hormonal reads every morning. Oh, I I get one of those. Insightful. And so you want to see estrogen nice and rise. You want to see your nice LH surge when you're ovulating. Then you want to see LH and estrogen drop. And then you want to see progesterone go up. And we know, and like, that's a great way. Like, even if you're pre-conception time, you know, you're not trying yet, but you want to collect more data. That's another really great tool. I mean, they're all about like a hundred dollar, $200 spend, not monthly though. Like they, you know, after a while it becomes less expensive because you're buying the device once, but you learn so much about your cycle and you will not miss ovulation. And I know fertility clinics, like especially during COVID, a lot of clinics were using those exact devices to oh. monitor their patients from a distance. So we know that they're, and they're all created by scientists. They're all like clinically, you know, there's, there's research behind them. So it's actually looking at legitimate data in your body, which if is that's really out of somebody's price range. Can we like, I'm sure like a clear blue ovulation strip is also. Yeah, but those are expensive too. Like they add up too. So that might be like a $30 spend once or twice, but then you, so it's almost like, I think if you really sat and did the math, like in a year, these devices are, are, are actually a better place to spend your money. But if not, like there are things like basal body temperature charting, which is free. You need a good thermometer. I think that can be, there's so many variables that can impact that, but that's also a really great way to start or just really paying attention to your cycle, you know, just like 
in, in a note section in your phone, you know, or on your calendar in your phone, like the days you feel like a little twinge or crampy down in your ovaries, the days you see cervical mucus, really just start paying attention. And then you can almost start to anticipate when you're going to ovulate. So you can try in the lead up to ovulation. So if somebody doesn't have any cervical mucus, because I didn't when I was trying the first time and I, and now I, I, I'm actually, it's such an amazing difference to see where my body was then and where it is now because I'm. Yeah. You're probably more fertile now. A hundred percent. Yeah. Contrary to everything people tell you. Very. Yeah. I know. Which is so funny. Right. I very much feel that way because my period is now since I've been cycle syncing and taking my supplements and managing my PCOS. I, you know, I don't have coffee on an empty stomach anymore. Like, you know, it's a big, so funny. Like my husband will have like a, I always say this, like he'll have like a moment where he'll be like, come home stressed or do something. And I'm like, don't spike my cortisol. <laughs> I'm like we're trying to have a baby. I can't deal with this. I need you to take that stress outside. <laughs> Go work it out. I'm like, please. Yeah, literally. And he's really good about it because it's also, I mean, everyone should kind of have that little bit of like a boundary if you can, obviously. But for somebody who doesn't have cervical mucus, doesn't know when they're ovulating is maybe not regular. You know, I'm sure you would suggest like step one is like really trying to get that on track. Right. Like I had a family member over here the other day. She's like, my period's never been regular. And that, and her mom was like, yeah, it's just genetic. Like my period was never regular. And I was like, I don't think that's a thing. I'm not a doctor. That's not genetic. I was like, that's not genetic. No. No, that's called nature versus nurture. That's nurture. That's lifestyle. That's impacting that. It is not genetic. So yeah. And, but I also think too, some women are like, oh, my cycle is so irregular. And then when they actually start to pay attention, they're like, oh, it's actually not, you know what I mean? Which is kind of funny too. But yeah, I would first really just start paying attention. And even if you don't see cervical mucus, you might feel twinges near your ovaries. You might notice like, oh, it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm thinking about sex. Like, okay, that's, you know what I mean? Like, okay my sex drive is coming up, that kind of thing. Not everyone sees the cervical mucus like descend, if you will, outside of the the cavity, the, the vagina. So you might, you know, fish around up there and see if you see it, it should look like raw egg whites, basically. Mm-hmm. But just generally, you feel like more moist, or you almost feel like, oh, like, do I need a panty liner or something like that? Like, that's kind of how you should feel. And like, yeah, if you're not seeing that, like in your case with the PCOS, you weren't seeing that because PCOS, the issue is ovulation, right? You weren't just efficiently ovulating. And so some PCOS patients will see some and then goes away and then see some, or it's like dry, tacky. But yeah, I would also like, I would work on things like, yeah, the diet, I would work on the lifestyle. I would do things like the castor oil packs, moving your body every day, like really just starting to get really in sync with all the feelings of your body and and starting taking notes. Like here's when my period came, here's when I started to notice this was changing and just starting to pay attention is is probably a great place to start. And then, you know, you know, my book, yes, you can get pregnant, or I'm thinking about like my good friend, Nicole, I think it's fix your period a manual. It's a book, but like, there's lots of good tools and, and information out there where you could just really start to pay attention to your cycle first and like fix your cycle, if you will, like get it regulated. And then phase two is trying for a baby. Delola is the effortless drink to have all year long. You know, we're always trying to bring Italy at home and that's what Delola does. And Jennifer Lopez, believe it or not, felt the exact same way and leave it up to her. She created Delola Spritz. 
Galoa is a delicious world crafted cocktail made with premium spirits and natural botanicals, and it's ready to enjoy. This is why we love Delola. It's just bottled up and ready to go. All you have to do is pour it over ice, sit back, sip in the sunshine, and feel like you're on the Amalfi Coast. It's truly effortless. So whether you're at the pool, the beach, just hanging out in the backyard, Delola takes all the work out of having a delicious crafted cocktail because, like I said, it's already in the bottle. By the way, this makes you seem and look like the world's chicest host. The bottles are beautiful. And let me tell you about the three flavors because they're all fabulous. We have the Paloma Rosa Spritz, which is made with tequila, grapefruit, and elderflower. And this is my personal favorite because I'm a tequila girl. The Bella Berry Spritz, which is made with vodka berries and hibiscus. And the La Orange is made with Amaro Orange and Passion Fruit. That one's my mom's favorite. The Lola is made with natural botanicals. And it's gluten-free and it's only 110 calories a serving and it has less alcohol than traditional alcohols. It's like the same as like a glass of wine. Delola is made with natural botanicals, is gluten-free, it's 110 calories a serving and has less alcohol than traditional cocktails, about the same amount as a glass of wine. Visit delolalife.com to find a store you're new that carries Delola and follow Delola on Instagram to learn more. Please, as always, enjoy responsibly. In my ripe old mid thirties, I have learned one health trick that is free that we talk about on this episode that anyone who comes on this podcast, who I trust tells us all to do. And it's to sleep. Sleep is often underestimated and it plays a pivotal role in nurturing our mind and body. And that's why I love the hatch restore. It provides the tools needed to build lifelong sleep habits, enabling you to get the quality rest that you have always dreamed of. The Hatch Restore is your bedside sleep guide. It's your ally in rest. The innovative all-in-one dream machine is a sophisticated sound machine, light and alarm clock, beautifully designed for your bedside table. It is so gorgeous. I actually put it on Davide's side of the bed and he was like, so impressed and was like, felt all excited. He had this like beautiful device on his side table And I gave it to him. I gave it to us. I invested in it for our life because good rest allows you to be the best version of yourself. And this is why the Hatch Restore was engineered. It's to help you form healthy sleep habits. Your Hatch teaches your body when it's time to go to sleep and when it's time to rise with light and sound cues. And it coaches you through meditations and mindfulness exercises that transform the time before and after sleep into restful sleep rituals. And I'm telling you, when I put down my phone and I started being mindful before bed, it's almost like I gained more hours in the day. And right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of a Hatch Restore and free shipping at hatch.co slash best. Sleep deeply and wake gently with the Restore. Go to hatch.co slash best to get $20 off and free shipping. That's hatch.co slash best. What supplements are we taking? I mean, I, like we said, I think a really good quality fish oil or omega and something with methylfolate in it, like a prenatal is always a good thing, or even a good multivitamin that doesn't have folic acid and you add in methylfolate. I like around 1500 to 1700 micrograms of methylfolate every day. Um, I like a mix. I'll do like a, a good quality fish oil or something like the fatty 15. And then I mix in cod liver oil with my patients. Cause I like vitamin A and vitamin D that naturally occurs in the cod liver oil. Those are both really important for fertility. They're actually like hormone precursors. They're not really vitamins. And so 
those are two big things. I think a good probiotic, I think you need to know your vitamin D status and you need to supplement if it's low because vitamin D is, is a hormone, is not a vitamin, and it is directly correlated to like lack of implantation in women oh, when it's wow. below a 30. I've been getting the shots. I mean, yeah, and the, now the shots are out. Those are great do, too. But they're great. And I feel so revitalized after I get yeah. one of those shots. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, it's so important. I mean, vitamin D deficiency, you know, even in the pandemic, like that was like, it's so, it's so prevalent and it plays such a significant role in women's hormones. So a good prenatal with methylfolate, a good fish oil and upwards of like two grams, 2000 milligrams, vitamin D, a probiotic, I think is really important for microbiome. If you have a history of like UTIs or yeast infections, things like that, I would take a woman's vaginal probiotic and take it vaginally, but orally just for the vaginal microbiome. The microbiome played a significant role in fertility. And we know that more and more now there's all sorts of tests on the uterine microbiome that I also think are like where to look next if it's not happening. Liver pills, you mentioned that. So I like organ meats as a part of diets. That's just kind of my traditional Chinese medicine background, but not everybody likes to eat organ meats. So if you don't like it, it's you can tough, but the, but yeah. the supplements liver are really in, in pill form. I look at liver as nature's B complex. It gives you all your B vitamins, good quality fats, mm. uh, antioxidants. So that's kind of the standard regimen I have every one of my patients on. And then there's additions. Like if you're over 40, I would look at some good antioxidants. Thorn makes one reserve a cell. That's like one of my favorites. If you have PCOS, like myoinositol, you know, like the fatty 15, if you have endometriosis and acetylcysteine. So we kind of start to play around with different things depending, but I think like that's a really good baseline. And then Vitex some people berry. know that. Yeah, it's like, it doesn't work for everybody. And it's not like a... I don't know. I think sometimes it's like, it's like kind of like this bandaid, you know, it can be helpful for helping with ovulation and with progesterone levels, but not everybody has that issue. So not everybody needs it. How about that? Yeah. Not everybody needs it. Okay. I'm going to get to some of these questions because there's beautiful, oh, it's so sad. So many of miscarriages. Oh. So oh, any advice about resetting your body to prepare after a miscarriage and anxiety I mean, around a miscarriage? Or you probably deal with this just constantly. I mean, I think like the anxiety around the miscarriage, I think first of all is like, that's normal. Mm -hmm. It's going to exist. So I always, you know, say to my girls of like, but is the anxiety big enough that you've now decided you don't want the child? Mm -hmm. And then everybody's always like, no, of course I still want the Mm -hmm. Okay. So then I think we have to say, you know, I always say hope and fear can coexist, right? So uh, I'm getting pregnant. And if you've had more than one loss without a live birth in between, you're going to get the panel that I'm going to give Pia and you're going to look at a clotting factor panel and or an autoimmune panel because there's something else going on. Statistically, it's it's impossible to continue to have losses and for it to all be egg quality, which is the basic blame in the Mm -hmm. Western medical community. There's something else going on, typically an inflammatory condition. Um, Resetting after a miscarriage, uh, you know it sucks. I've been through it. I understand it personally too, but it's like uh, castor oil packs, you know, get some acupuncture if you can. Chinese herbs. I love herbs after a miscarriage, just kind of like clean and reset. Give yourself like a period of time where it's like, I'm human. I'm I'm sad. Mm-hmm. I'm grieving and whatever that looks like for you. And then, you know, I think by the time you get your next period after the loss, it's like, okay, I'm going to dust myself off and mm-hmm. I'm pick up the pieces. But just remember too of like, there's resources for you to empower yourself. So, so ask for help 
and don't keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Mm. What I did to help with my anxiety when I got pregnant the second time, and this was something that I just thought of on my own that really helped me. And again, it was me just really advocating for myself. I went to the doctor just to the, I have my blood drawn every week and I just made sure that I got in the headspace. Like for me, it was absolute torture to wait 12 weeks, eight weeks to get that far, to not know what was going on. So I went every week and I got my blood drawn and then they would call me and tell me your levels have doubled. Or if they were not doubling, then I could prepare myself mentally for what was going to happen instead of waiting weeks and weeks. And that really, really was really helpful for me. Yeah. And I think that's it. It's like being resourceful, asking for support. I'll often have women make a list too of like, what did I do with the last pregnancy? And what have I changed this time? So like, almost like you're checking your boxes of like, I'm doing this differently and this, not that there's ever any fault. I don't mean it like that, but more knowing like that, you know, like you can rely on these things. I've done these things differently this time. So I should expect a different outcome, almost that kind of feeling, you know. Quick and inexpensive things we can do to boost fertility. I would say that's probably a lot of diet, right? Yeah. And rest. I think rest is really under (laughs) underestimated in in our world. So rest and downtime, sleep, make sure you're sleeping. It's free, you know, get to bed, Mm -hmm. (laughs) sleep seven to eight hours, move your body, go out for walks, spend time in nature, get morning sunlight. Don't skip meals, eat good quality food. Alcohol. And Botox. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think they're both they both have a place and I think some people would be like about that but I also like try to really be human with my patients and and understand it I think alcohol really women should be in like the three ish five ish drinks per week the men five to seven that comes from CCRM in Colorado that was their general recommendation so I've kind of just always carried it around but I've really pushed that like good quality alcohol organic wine sulfite free biodynamic good quality top shelf liquors mm-hmm. don't mix it with sugary things like really and then also drink it from a place of enjoyment and like ah uh, life is fun and this is really fun and rather, rather than this is my coping mechanism I think Botox, I wouldn't recommend it if you could be pregnant or if you're in the two week wait and you tried, but if there's a cycle or you do it like early on when you're menstruating, I think that's okay. I've talked to so many people. That's what my functional medicine doctor told me yesterday because I was like, we haven't tried yet, but I was like, I'm going to get more dysport. And he was like, it's fine. It's fine. I've talked, like I have so many clients also who are in plastics, who are plastic surgeons or work in, you know, aesthetics, if you will. And either like, it's like, it's just staying right there. It's not. And I know there's others that, that argue about that, but I, I live, you live in LA. I live in New York city. I mean, yeah. I'd say 90% <laughs> of my clients do Botox or fillers. Yeah. I think fillers were probably less offensive than Botox because it's actual, like similar collagen fat cells, but yeah. Someone else said in all caps, I need to know about alcohol and cigarettes. <laughs> so we covered alcohol. Cigarettes, I think, are no, no, personally. Well, just, I would rather you yeah. do a gum or something like that. But I do think nicotine has some links more than alcohol. And I also think, though, like the one thing we want to pay attention to, even like meat and stuff like that, it's like none of these big studies were done on like organic and pesticide free and stuff like that. So even if you're choosing like marijuana or or THC gummies or things like that, 
quality is so important. So, and I want you to think about that from a cigarette perspective too. Like personally, any of my clients, smoking just dries us out so much. Mm. The yin, like, like that we want lots of yin in Chinese medicine. That's our fluid. And so when we're dry, that's kind of the hot yoga thing. When we're dry, it's just harder for our body and the eggs get really fragile. And so, and alcohol can do that too. It's really drying. So it's like just picking and choosing. And then, but in the context of a really healthy lifestyle, like if you're a social smoker and you're going to have a cigarette like once a month with your bestie and you guys are having like a heart to heart, that's perfectly fine. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, I do that sometimes. That's my bad thing that I, because I'm so healthy, but like there once a month, or if we have like a party here and I'm like in the corner with my girlfriend, I'm like, I want like, I want a cigarette. And I'm going to so, get, and that's it. Like, that's where I'm going to get annihilated for saying this on this podcast, but I'm like, I can't, yeah, I can't, I'm like, I have to be able to do bad girl stuff every once in a while. I'm a human being. And also like, is it bad girl stuff? No, it's called human stuff. It's like, you're yeah. a human. You're allowed to be human. You don't have to be perfect to get pregnant. Think about what, like, I know my mother's generation did. I mean, they were drinking martinis in their my pregnancy. God. My, my best, one of my best friends, moms tells this story that she's like, it was great when I was pregnant with you. Like, cause the belly was just like the perfect ashtray for us. I was we to say cigarettes in the bed. What? Like we were like, stop. Don't no ever share that story publicly. Stop. My friend's grandma got whatever the version of like Adderall was because she was tired and couldn't keep up with the housework. Yeah. And so, I mean, listen, those are all like, you know, these anecdotal type of things, but like we're trying to do better. If women are struggling, those are the things we really want to pay attention to. But there's also space for, you know, this type of stuff in, in a trying to conceive journey. A lot of PCOS questions. Does PCOS impact fertility and how should I manage it? Yeah, I think on a couple levels, like it can impact egg quality because there's so many follicles trying to develop at the same time. So I always see them as like they're fighting for nutrition, you know? Oh, wow. I never thought about that. And obviously it impacts ovulation. And so that impacts how often you get to try in a year. So the average girl gets 11 or 12 tries in a year. PCOS girl might get three or four, right? Mm -hmm. So it's going to be longer. But I've had plenty of PCOS girls. Like I always share stories of like cycle day 40 ovulation and they had a baby, healthy baby, you know, cycle day 20 ovulation. So like, and again, even with PCOS and even as a practitioner, like I have to remind myself, I'm not trying to get her to like a 28 day cycle. Like, first of all, I think there was just a cool research paper done by Uva, who's a at-home testing kit. I think only 5% of women actually have a 28-day cycle. Just so oh, you know. wow. It's something, it's something like outrageous, like where we're like, oh, this wow. is 8 and 14. And it's, we're it's telling something. everyone that anything outside of that is not normal. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, wow. And it's like most women have like 32. But so like my goal, even as a practitioner, I'd be happy with a 40-day cycle, right? Because I'm just, I'm really looking at like, how many more attempts can I get you? But I think with PCOS and, and you know, Pia, you could, you know, I know you've shared all the things you've done, but really important to manage blood sugar. So important. And also like things like acupuncture and the castor oil packs. And I know I've said it now 10 times, but circulation and blood flow to those ovaries mm-hmm. are really going to improve the health of them. And then, you know, moving your body every day. Like I've had PCOS girls that, um, are hundred pounds overweight and they still make healthy babies. So it's like, I don't, I don't ever want it to be, if you're like classic PCOS where there's also weight challenges, it doesn't have to be about, you need to lose all this weight or, or some women, you need to gain all this weight. If they're like the, the, you know, non-insulin resistant PCOS type, it's more about getting your body to like that healthy flow and, and really just moving the needle up on that ovulation. 
and really seeing clear signs. And then we want to focus on, there's always progesterone deficiency typically with ovulation in uh, after ovulation in PCOS patients. So I really want to pay attention to progesterone too. So if that's answers. Well, one said, I want to thank both of you. We conceived because of your podcast with her and her book. Aw, thank you. This is the amazing. You've heard me talk about Parallel for over two years now, because that's how long I've been taking these vitamins. Parallel is the first and only OBGYN founded vitamin that offers vitamin routines for all the unique stages of your life, which is really incredible. There's a general women's multivitamin. There is a vitamin for each trimester of pregnancy. Like, duh, that's incredible because obviously our bodies require different things during different stages. The mom multipack I brought with me to the hospital. I took it for a year and now I'm taking the conception pack because doctors recommend you take it six to 12 months before you start to try. And, you know, especially in this episode, we talk about how it takes at least three months for the changes you're making in your body to equal higher egg quality. There's nothing that parallel cannot provide for you. And I know that because I also take the PCOS formula religiously and that has eased my PCOS symptoms in a way that I didn't even think was possible. And before I was buying all of these things separately, the same thing when I was trying to conceive last time, I was buying all these things separately and they just do all the work for you. It's unbelievable. Parallel packs are under $50 a month when you subscribe. So that's less than $2 a day. And if you were to source everything separately, you'd easily be spending upwards of $100 a month. They come with a 30-day supply of vitamins. They're all bundled together. And for our wonderful listeners, Parallel is offering 15% off your first three months of Parallel with code BEST15. So head to Parallel, that's P-E-R-E-L-E-L.co, and you can cancel anytime with a 30-day money-back guarantee. With signature offerings that help you move, eat, and sleep well, Westin Hotels make travel an opportunity to enhance all your well-being while you're away. Because, like, obviously we all love to travel if we can, but it's also kind of, like, annoying getting off your routine. And maybe sometimes you don't sleep your best or eat your best, and that's why Westin is here for you. Because at Westin, you can work out how you want with a variety of fitness options. First of all, they have the Westin Workout Fitness Studios, which are fabulous and equipped with state-of-the-art equipment. You can go on a group run led by Westin's Run Concierge, which is amazing. It'll show you the beautiful little local hikes and runs around the hotel. And you can do your own thing in your guest room with the Westin's Gear Lending Program. How cool is that? They bring up fabulous gear, like they have bala bands, it's so amazing. Plus, you can eat well with Weston's Eat Well menu. The Weston chefs have crafted dishes for your well-being in mind, so you can choose what's right for you based on portion size, nutritional balance. And then you can recharge your body and mind with restorative sleep. Did you know that Weston makes their own beds and they're called the Heavenly Bed? And you can buy them for your own home because people are so in love with these beds that they're now available for purchase. They are cozy and fabulous. You're going to get a great night's sleep and you can wind down naturally with their Sleep Well Lavender Balm, which eases tension and soothes the sentiments. Weston Hotels are also part of Marriott Bonvoy, which is an extraordinary portfolio of hotels and award-winning travel programs. At Weston, you can move well, eat well, and sleep well on the go. Find wellness at Weston. 
got pregnant right away with my first last year at 37. I want to wait three years for number two. Will I be okay? (laughs) I think so. I mean, that's where like this preconception talk, I would do all the things I would like be non-toxic with my bath and beauty products as as much as I could be like the 80, 20 rule and eat a good quality diet, move your body, like really pay attention, start planning the year in advance. Like I think about with James, like with my son, I got pregnant at 40 with him, but I was preparing for that pregnancy for probably a year. You know what I mean? Just in anticipation and did all the things, all the supplements. I still was having my social life in New York city. And like, that was kind of like the one part that maybe wasn't like the healthiest, if you will, but it was top of mind. What am I doing to preserve my fertility as I get older? And so it's not about like giving people advice. Yeah, you can totally wait into your forties to do it. It's more like health. Health is really the, what dictates your fertility. And so keeping your health in check. And it takes three months to improve, you know, for these changes to improve your egg. Right. And, and about like 70, 80 days for sperm. So yeah, three months is like the goal where, okay. So if I'm not going to try till I'm 40, maybe at 39, 39 and a half, you really kind of, you know, turn it up a notch. Someone asked about IUIs versus IVF prep approach differences. I'm going to assume that everything we've talked about today works for, if you're trying to conceive naturally, IUIs and IVF, correct? 100%. What I've noticed that IVF don't, what IVF doctors don't, like, you know, I have a lot of friends that, that do either are doing IVF or just want to make sure that they have eggs. Um, I've noticed that their doctors don't, I always tell them, I'm like, wait, you should wait three months and you should spend the next three months, like improving your egg quality because it's so expensive and you want to get as many good quality eggs as possible. So would you recommend, I'm assuming you would recommend that, right? Like yeah. if you are, but what the doctors do is like, mm, but your is only going to go down. Yeah. You're only going to be three months older, but then there's other docs that say three months is not going to make or break this fertility outcome. So and sometimes I'll say, okay, meet me in the middle. Can you give me two months? Can you give me eight, 10 weeks, you know, whatever. And, and also though, like I also have girls that are like, but I'm scheduled for an IVF. I just found you. And I just got your book uh, is, is even just doing this for three weeks going to make a difference? Yes. Anything's going to start moving the needle in the direction, right? I have some girls who are like, I'm on day 30 of your diet. And I just got my first positive pregnancy test ever. And it's oh, like, wow. that's amazing. So they just needed the the needle moved a little bit. So I think still doing some is better than doing none. Thoughts on Clomid? Yeah. I mean, it's a very useful ovulation induction medicine and they'll use it in IUIs. I think it can be, it's more drying. It can thin the lining over time. And there have been some cases of fibroids and cysts that develop as a result of Clomid letrozole, which is very similar to Clomid, seems to come with less side effects. So I typically don't recommend Clomid three cycles back to back in a row that you could try to change it up with letrozole or Femara is the other name for letrozole. And then someone did ask and we didn't, haven't covered it yet. What your thoughts are on clean beauty products and like cleaning products in your home? Really important. It is. The average woman is exposed to 500 chemicals before she leaves the house in the morning. And these chemicals are known endocrine disruptors. So I think frequency and consistency. If there's like, you know, a photo shoot and you're getting all done, I don't care what you use. You know what I mean? But your daily, your daily deodorant, your daily makeup, your daily body wash, laundry detergent, you know, that stuff, it matters. You know what? People will give me shit sometimes because they're like, you 
you, you advocate for all these clean things and these supplements, but you drink alcohol. And I saw a photo of you smoking a cigarette and I'm like, yeah. why, if I'm choosing to have cocktails out at night with my friends and having my cheeky cigarette every couple months or whatever it is, why should I then overload myself with tons of non with like toxic products in my home? Like that to me doesn't. So I, there are so many ways to get, there are so many cool, clean beauty brands. Like it, imagine like 10 years ago, you would have whatever crap was at Whole Foods. That was it. And now it's now every brand. Every brand. And they're super conscious and they're usually like doing good for the environment, giving back, you know, all those things too. So, but again, like with the criticism that you, you gotten, it's just called being human. And also like that's balance. And that's just yeah. like, those are things you enjoy. But I also think like my spiritual teacher would say, if you do something and feel bad about it, it's a lot worse for you than if you do something and feel good about it. So that's, that's it too. That's been my whole, that's it. I had to train myself with that, with like food. Cause I had such weird, like food disordered stuff for so long that I was like, if I'm eating pasta and have a bunch of desserts and I feel bad about it, I'm like, that's worse for my body than anything I'm putting in it. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Right. Cause it's just so yucky. And then even the alcohol, like I'll think about that. Like if I want a glass of wine, I'm like, why do I want that glass of wine? Oh, cause I, I had a, like an intense day versus, oh, I want to like sit and enjoy this with my husband and like talk, you know, I'm like, and it's like get juicy or a juicy conversation with my girlfriend. <laughs> so I really try to like, as my spiritual teacher would say again, like milk the experience and, and take the joy from it and kind of like associate that with joy. I think it's a higher you know, resonance and a higher energy level. And I think generally healthier for us versus if we do it and then we feel guilty about it and we beat ourselves up and then we get our period. And then we're like, that's why I didn't get pregnant. Yeah. A lot of the questions are, and I'll finish with this is like, what are your top tips to improve a quality? But it's really everything that we've talked about, right? Yeah. Are there like three superfoods or like, you know, is it like the yolk of an egg? Like, I know we have to yeah, keep I was going to say egg egg yolks, yolks. Mm-hmm. eggs, Liver, bone broth would probably be my, if there were three, but then I'm leaving out vegetables and then I would probably throw in like broccoli sprouts or something like that, but just well, get your sprouts, veggie. Good to know. I love broccoli sprouts for detoxification, very gentle de- detoxification in the body. Yeah. It's like good quality fats, especially when you think about egg quality and then antioxidant rich food. And that's all your like vegetables. And I mean, again, I know I said it before, but you know, looking at all the food diaries I look at, most women just don't eat enough in general. And they, they totally don't have enough vegetables either, you know? So it's like, it's really, you have to train your brain. And I mean, I love that, that TikTok tip of like search. There's so many people out there that they're, they're just teaching people like, here's my plate of food. I mean, I do it all the time now. I take pictures and I'm like 44 grams of protein, you know? And people say that to me. They're like, it is so helpful when you take pictures of your food, then I can see it in like real life. Completely. Most people are like, what am I supposed to put on my plate? You know, but that's it. And it's overwhelming. But yeah, I think like, and I think too, something else that's really, and we did touch upon it, but like to, to stress as well as nourishment. And, and by that, I mean like soul food, like relationships, but also like slowing down where in your day, is it like where you have time for you and you've slowed down or you're doing something, whether it's like your exercise class or your walk with a friend or, you know, outside with your dog or whatever, but like time for you where you're really slowing down and nourishing yourself because that's like, that's what's pushing our bodies over the edge. And I think aging us prematurely is just that like, go, go, go constantly connected kind of thing where we do, we need that disconnected times. 
I can't thank you enough for this and whatever resources you can send. I'm going to put it all on yeah. my website, but you also, it's all know. over your Instagram. It's all over your site. It's all over mm-hmm. your, I mean, you yeah. are a plethora of information. I send your Instagram to all my friends. Like my girlfriend froze eggs a few months ago. And every day I was just firing off whatever you were posting. Thanks so much. Of okay. course. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so you much love. for doing this. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.